guys, welcome to an episode of Unpublished. My name is Amy. I'm James, sorry. <laughs> I don't know where my head was just then. I've always said I don't like our intro, and then there you go, that, that's the new intro. Right. Me pausing for five seconds. We are live on Instagram right now as well, and we're just recording the podcast um, with the community today. We're going to be talking about our Share Your Shitty Art Challenge, um, and we're excited to, to dive in. Yeah, and if anyone who's on the live right now um, can't stay for the whole thing, then you can listen to the recording, which will be out probably within a few hours, to be yeah. honest, on Apple and Spotify. Yep. Um, we just wanted to kind of talk further about what this challenge that I decided to do at the beginning of the week is and, and talk, dive into a bit of perfectionism and just how how sharing, you know, things that are perfect and sharing the mess can improve our creative practice and really understanding what this practice is because I think you know and I've had a few comments already the share your shitty art challenge like can be really easily misinterpreted I get a lot of people who are like why are you saying my art is shit like why are we emphasizing that our art is shit and you know people can get quite heated around it and really commit to misunderstanding what this is about so I really want to just I want to dive into what this practice can give us yeah so I just want to say, like, what we're not talking about is, like, committing to being bad at art. Yeah. It's about giving yourself permission not to turn up with 100% perfect art, which yeah. is, they're totally different things. So I think people, what people hear often is, like, people, they think that you're saying your art should be bad, mm. which is not what, we're, or, like, you're bad at art. And that's not at all what we're saying. No, not at all. It's saying that your art is allowed to not be perfect. Yeah, and that it's important when it's not perfect and that it, we need freedom to express ourselves. Someone's just said, free yourself with shitty art. Yeah, there's such a freedom in lowering our standards because both of us see too many creatives and within ourselves as well, people never sharing, people never finishing projects, people never following through on anything. We never get to witness people because they have, you know, labeled their art as shit. And to them, that means that it must stay hidden. And so within this challenge, which is literally just 30 days, posting something every day, posting and sharing, you know, a shitty piece of art, it doesn't have to be good. It's allowed to be messy. It's allowed to not make sense doing this allows us to heal that, that relationship with ourselves where we've told ourselves again and again and again, no, you can't show up. You have to stay small because what you've created isn't to my standards. Yeah, and it's honestly, I think something that's really interesting about the problem is that it's a problem people don't realize that they have. Mm. I'm just thinking from a business perspective, I reckon that your, perfect, your procrastination book sells two to one to your perfectionism book. Yeah, it does. Because people don't think it's a problem mm. and people think that, no, that's not for me. When I turn up, I have to make perfect art. And my perfectionism is a strength. Mm. And I just think in almost every case, it's not a strength at all. Yeah. Emma said here, I want to use the challenge to share old art that I never considered sharing because I'm not in my, in my niche and it isn't for monetary gain, like old drawings. I love that, Emma. And I think this is really important. And I love that you're choosing to go back into your past and to bring you know, bring through art that you've never considered sharing before. And this is exactly what this is an opportunity to do. And I'm so glad you've, do, you've done that. Um, someone else has said here, um, I would love to do this challenge every three to four months. Yeah, I think it's, a, again, like it's really important to come home to how perfectionism is holding us back. And just like James said, I speak to so many creatives who do not associate with perfectionism. And I find myself saying, oh, I'm not a perfectionist. I'm not a perfectionist. And still I am caught and held back by having absurd standards for myself. And so it's, I think when we choose to share shitty art each day, then we truly are faced with resistance. And so if you're choosing to participate in this, or if you, even if you're not, 
notice resistance when it comes to sharing art that in your eyes isn't finished because that is where true growth is. I think a really cool thing about the challenge is that if you can actively show other people your art before it's perfect, then it's going to be easy, much easier for you to show yourself. Because I think a lot of people, say for me, where I don't share my writing a lot with a lot of people, but what I would struggle with most is feeling like I'm not writing even for myself perfectly. And that's where I feel resistance. So like I'll be typing out a scene and I'll be like, oh, this is so crap today. It's so crap today. It's so crap today. But if you actually get better at sharing your art, like I feel like when I'm blogging more or when I'm sharing my poetry, I do feel like that voice goes away a little bit more. Yeah. And I'm really missing that at the moment in my own yeah, practice. practice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you haven't joined us, James, for the 30 Days of Shitty Art. I did say I was going to, didn't I? You can join late. And I think, again, this is something that as we move into this challenge a little deeper, like what other perfectionist narratives coming up? A lot of us think that perfectionism is only about the standard of our art, but are you not doing it because you feel like you're late or because you missed a day or because, you know, like what are the other reasons you're holding yourself back? It's not always about the standard of your art. Pippa said, I feel the resistance, but I also genuinely want to create quality posts and contents, etc. How do you balance these out? That's a really great question. Well, I think that the thing is that you're, you, not saying to you specifically, Pip, but people are really poor judges of what perfect or high quality is. Like you are going to be nitpicking things that you don't, aren't even important. Mm. So I think it's much better to create freely without constraint and to destroy that perfectionist voice, you're going to actually end up in a better place with your art. And you can grow more, I think, and mm. you can explore different things. And I understand, especially from a business perspective, I know Pip's a creative who owns a business. Like when we, we don't want to, you know, spam our page with shitty art and we can feel a real pressure there to keep a standard. Um, and, you know, that's okay. Maybe you need another space to share your shitty art. You know, we're not saying, you know, spam your business page, but we need space to share shitty art. It needs to be public. It needs to be a generous act. I'm just going to go through a few of these comments here. Someone has said when we share, we start to create new evidence for our brain to see it. it is safe to share and show up and be seen. Exactly. Like we are creating a space of safety when we uh, do the vulnerable thing and show up. Thank you for saying that. That is a perfect way to say it. Perfectionism might look nice in its shiny shoes, but it's really stuck up and no one wants to invite them to their pool parties. I love that. Exactly. That's amazing. I think there is such a there's such a glamour around perfectionism. I was speaking to someone the other day. Oh, who was that? They were, and they, they claimed perfectionism again as a trait that was valuable to them. And I was like, why? Why do we do this? And I'm, I'm creatives all around in all types of disciplines choose to, you know, have perfectionism as a badge of honor. You know, oh, I, I just can't finish this right now because I'm a perfectionist. In the, almost, it's like an alternative way of saying I'm a hard worker. It's, mm. it, it plays into hustle culture in some kind of way. And this idea that like perfectionists are the ones who are really creating the best art. And if you can identify as that, then you must be amongst the best as mm. well. Whereas like in my experience, perfectionists are hampered but like completely by perfectionism. And you just don't, they end up creating often a smaller quantity of art. And I think when you're trying to get good at your art form, you really need to be doing a certain quantity often, like, and often, mm. and what can hold us if when perfectionism holds us back we're holding ourselves back from learning too mm, yeah a hundred percent i mean i like the and we always need to be learning right mm. that doesn't end we always want to be improving and, and finding new ways to express ourselves like it's not just reserved for the beginning of the process but yeah we need space to create lots and yeah. so that we know how we want to sound or like you know from a writing perspective how are you going to get through your first draft if it all has to be perfect it's going to take you so much longer like 
editing and writing are two very different skills. And it's like, once you get to the editing phase, you can start worrying a little bit more about what's on the page. But once you just, if you're just cranking out that first draft, like that is not the time to be worrying about perfectionism. It's just going to hold you back. hundred percent. There was a comment back there that was, um, and thank you for sharing. Thank you always for sending us messages. It means so much to us that said, um, I'm just so worried about the judgment from others. And how do I, you know, how do we move past that? How do we move past the fear of that judgment from the external world? It's incredibly difficult. Um, I personally am someone who's always trying to think about how others perceive me. And that's something I really had to come face to face with. And it's definitely rooted in my perfectionism. Um, I think understanding like what you you fear and understanding what's the worst that could happen and looking at what's behind that and is a really important part of this. It's really interesting. Like, this really the shitty art challenge and the concept of shitty art. It's it's the one thing that's guaranteed when you bring it up to bring trolls out or bring people out and make them angry. Mm. Like no, nothing else sparks off controversy. Like you just saying it's okay to make shitty art. It's funny because isn't people it? think it's like a weakness or people think it's like giving up or. And it's just to us, it's that's the it's the opposite of that, complete opposite of that. It's about stepping into, you know, freedom and stepping into abundance. It is. Oh my god, it, you're right. Like I, I never get the resistance that I get. And then like a while, a few months back, I'm not sure if anyone remembers this. My account was restricted because I said share your shitty art, and this woman absolutely fucking lost it at me. Yeah, she reported you for and like she reported abuse me for bullying and. Bullying, and yeah. And she was like, how dare you, you know, call artists art shitty, like why? And it was just, it was bizarre. But we have this real resistance to accepting the fact that shitty art can be valuable and not just that, but we all do it. Mm. And it can be so useful. And that is why I wanted to do this, like, and 30 days is quite a long time to consistently create work, but I really wanted us to feel the pattern and the commitment to just constantly showing up. This isn't a one-time thing. This is our practice. And we have to show up below the standards that we have set for ourselves if we're going to succeed. This is the path to success. Yeah, but I feel like, you know, it's really, if you can't overcome your inability to make shitty art, then it's going to be really hard for you to sustain creativity in the long term. Mm. Because even if you made a masterpiece, if you happen to make a perfect thing today, the odds of it happening tomorrow are oh, really, no. really low again. Like, you, you're not going to get there again. So you, if you're not comfortable with the shittiness mm. then you'll never get back to the really great thing yeah yeah this is such a big topic i mean you're going through it at the moment right with your yeah i am <laughs> fiction like you really i feel like you're really struggling to get something on the page because you don't feel like it's perfectly there yet and i'm watching you and i keep going maybe you should write something maybe you should write something and you i feel like it's like too painful for you at the moment yeah i really am moving through the shitty art right now um because I am trying to plan my next novel. So I'm ideating and all my ideas at the moment are shit. And I don't want to jump straight into the writing process because I don't want to get lost in it. And I see I've, I've had that happen before. I get, if I don't have a, at least a vague structure, I get very lost in the first draft. So I want at the very bare minimum, a very shitty structure for my new book. And it is so shit. And facing truly bad ideas. Like, I'm not being modest here. Like, my ideas are really bad right now. And it is so confronting when you really, like, you know, it's okay, like, sharing mediocre art, sharing imperfect art, sharing your mess. But when you really come face to face with these ideas almost are so bad that they basically don't work. Like, there's an ego here. Like, the questions that I've got to start asking myself is, like, where's the pain here? Like, why does my ego think that I should be beyond this? Like, you know, what, what's upsetting me most about, you know, the fact that I'm 
creating shitty art. And really, that's where the work is. And that's where I start journaling about. And that's where my growth is. I'll just comment here. Someone said, just realized today I was totally falling into this. But because it wasn't in the way of writing specifically, I thought it wasn't happening to me. But it totally is just in a different way. And that's so true. Like, this can show up in so many ways. Like, it's not, you might be fine with the quality of the work that you're putting out there but it might be like a big macro thing like how who am i to think that i could ever be a full-time creative because that's only something that the best of the best of the best mm, do that's perfectionism so, yeah. yeah well i mean there are so many ways i mean in your book you talk about it constantly it's like these perfectionism isn't just that wow like i have to be perfect on the page right now today mm. lynn andrea said creatives tend to believe their ability to keep creating lives lives and dies on a single piece of work thank you lee like that's the perfect explanation for what so many creatives battle with we're so focused in that we we believe that our creative career is like focused on one piece of work and what i'm asking us to do in this 30 day challenge is to zoom out and to stop taking every tiny thing so seriously to stop thinking that the instagram post or that 30 instagram post are going to ruin your creative career they are not we need to zoom out and we need to make space for mess because not every single piece of art is going to make or break you we've got another beautiful comment here saying i finally found that freedom in allowing myself to feel what i feel without trying to find the root cause sorry just moved up um the root cause every single time sometimes it doesn't it does require the work but sometimes it doesn't that's a really beautiful point we we also don't need to overanalyze or sink too deep into Sometimes we just need to let it yeah. I think, move through. Pippa said, Instagram is an amazing platform for sharing and I'm so grateful for the opportunity to sell and have a biz through that medium, but it's so fickle and it's so focused on likes and shares and this feeds into perfectionism. I mean, you feel this too, Amy. I feel like, you know, when you get a, have a post that doesn't do well, you're like, well, this is my business. Like, how can I, I've got to make better content because otherwise my business is going to fail. But that's mm. just, that's not true. Yeah, I mean, just as external gatekeepers, you know, do like it wreaks havoc on our perfectionism so does social media all external validation is gonna you know wreak havoc with our perfectionism and social media is fucked and the algorithms are fucked and the way it manipulates us is really hard the system's really fucking flawed and it provokes huge amounts of perfectionism in us especially because you know we can really resonate with something we share it it gets no likes and all of a sudden we're rethinking everything and we're realigning what our values are are our standards too low like it can mess with our own sense of self and it's and we really need to to witness how it's impacting us and social media impacts me all the time i'm constantly having to bring myself back from the brink and so is james because social media has has skewed my vision and made me misunderstand my own value it's really important that we don't let social media dictate how we create Especially when it's like, it's so much like getting a mark, right? When you share a post and it gets a certain number of likes. Yeah, it is like getting that, a mark. It's like getting a mark. And, you know, that really brings you back to things like schooling and parents and um, big structural systems, which have always tried to make you feel less than perfect by assigning you value based on kind of objective or subjective numbers, yeah. uh, which feel objective, but they're not. Yeah, I think that's a great point. They feel objective, but they're not objective mm. in any way. Yeah, it's like, you know, even if you did publish your bestseller, even if you did like you know have all your art displayed in galleries like even if you did crack the top 10 charts with your music like you're this it's still not going to feel perfect every day Mm. so like even when you achieve that thing that you really want to achieve like you've got to if you're not content with not being perfect like you're never going to be satisfied with it Mm. because you're never gonna there's always going to be someone who thinks it's bad 
There's always going to be like a bad sales day. There's always going to be, you're going to drop out of the top 10 one day. Or like, you know, your, best, mm. your book won't be a bestseller anymore. Or like, or you'll get accepted by a publisher and it won't do as well as you think it's going to do. Or it'll do better than you ever thought it could do. But then like, people will forget about you in a year because that's just the way of humans. Like, yeah. yeah, it's just nothing perfect is ever going to stay perfect forever. Literally. And so we have to get comfortable. Jemis just said, literally, my perfectionism right now is trying to construct a perfect little contributing comment. Our brains are so weird. It is amazing. Like, we need to look at the macro view of how perfectionism infiltrates, like, every little bit of our lives because it does it in the sneakiest ways and it holds it back so much. And, yeah, I'm proud of you, Gemma, for noticing that. Um, I think Emma... Um, said before that something beautiful about this challenge is that we are allowed to be witnessed in the process and the perfectionism holds us back from being witnessed and especially if we are not sharing something particular if we're not sharing at the moment like we're not we don't have a book out or we're not you know selling our products like it is so important that we're witnessed and not just for us but for other people to get to benefit from what we are creating um and so i think that this is really important and this is the blessing of social media because we can be witnessed and we can connect i think also like a part of the shitty art journey is really trying to fall in love again with the process of creating Mm. and trying to have it not be so results oriented and have it be process driven like the time that I feel most in alignment with my writing is when I'm just, all I'm doing is enjoying the writing and, and writing and not thinking about, will this book be published? You know, will I make any money out of this? It's like, just, I'm just able to sit there in the moment and write. And that's like what shitty art gives you. It's like, well, I can just sit here and just enjoy in writing this book or I can enjoy making, you know, mm. sorry, I always come back to writing as my that's thing, okay, but like, craft. just, you know, insert your craft. But when I can sit there and really just, be free and okay with producing my writing Mm. without having any outcome attached to it. That's when it feels the best and it's when it's the most fun. That's the most sustainable way for me to create. Yeah, a hundred percent. I was going to add something to that, but you, you kind of said it all. I think I just wanted to validate. We're allowed to be ambitious, but when we're processing it, we need to be like in the, we need to be in the creation process, like have the ambitions, but don't let them drive that creation process. You have to be able to hold both for sure. Yeah. Um, have you guys read any Stephen Pressfield? Yes, we have. We love Stephen Pressfield. We love all his work on resistance and the belief that that resistance is the key to, you know, real beautiful abundance and success. Yeah. We love Stephen. Very cool. I highly recommend it. Highly recommend, yeah, listening. Stephen's work. Um, we have Danny asking here, the selling can feel fucking exhausting and then the disconnect from my art comes in. Any thoughts on that? Se- selling process, the marketing process, the, the sales aspect of being a creative, um, is like the perfectionism that infiltrates that space is like a pandemic. Like it is such a difficult space to be in and perfectionism will play a big part in when you're trying to set, sell your art because it's such a vulnerable thing to do. And I noticed not my perfectionism, my perfectionism, sorry, I'm jabbling my words. My perfectionism is at its highest when I'm selling my work because selling your work is just so vulnerable. And so for me, I come back again and again and again to the generous thing is to sell my art. The generous thing is to sell my art. And I always come back to reminding myself that what I'm doing is inherently generous um, and that the messier it is and the, is almost the better. Like the fact that it has spelling mistakes, the fact that, you know, it isn't perfect is more generous than me sitting on my art for fucking years trying to make it perfect. And that's how I deal with my perfectionism in the sales process. And just from a business perspective, like your launch and your sales are never going to be perfect because... There are just so many variables because you're selling it to inf- effectively infinite 7 billion people. So you're never going to hit the perfect marketing strategy, which is going to perfectly hit all 7 yeah, billion people. Yeah. Like 
you're lucky if you can hit a strategy that gets a tiny, tiny niche. So it's like, if you're thinking about selling your art as like, how can I get a, the maximum audience? How can everyone love this? And how can everyone be amazed by this? It's like, that's just too big of a goal. Yeah, that's perfectionism. Yeah, it's perfectionism. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also understanding that there's going to be mess in the sales process, a lot of mess in the sales process, like, and you're going to fuck up and like, just give yourself grace to fuck up. You almost need a 30 days of selling your art in a shitty way, you know, like we need space to be shitty there. Lola said before, where's she gone? Um, how do we hold uh, being ambitious and working and just focusing on the process at the same time? So for me, that just means like when I'm creating, I'm not thinking about where the writing goes. Um, and I'll have other times like in my journal, I will articulate where it is that I want to go and I will think about what it is that I want to do as a creative long term. But when I'm writing, I'm just writing and I'm not continuously thinking, will this please the publisher or how much money will this make me? I'm just, I'm just in the process. That's how I kind of divide the two things. And then that sort of touches on this other question about believing in yourself and whether you have to believe in yourself to be successful in the industry. Like, I think, as I was saying, like, I think it's much more important to be process driven and to enjoy writing in the moment. Like, I don't know if that has something to do with self-belief. I don't really think about self-belief that much, but of course, doubt is always going to be there. Like, I don't, can't, yeah. Can you imagine? I can't imagine. Maybe like just like the co- most confident white guy maybe somewhere is just like, I'm going to be a best-selling author. Mm. But surely that, like, I can't, there must be the smallest minority. Everyone else lives with doubt every day. Yeah. And I don't think the idea is to eliminate doubt because as like Stephen Pressfield says, like the doubt and the resistance is where we learn. It's where we level up. And like without huge resistance, like I wouldn't know how I would continue to grow and to heal and to make impact. Like I need doubt and I need resistance to teach me. And of course, like you should hopefully be striving to have moments where you feel really good about your art and feel confident in yourself. But it's like, it doesn't course, need to be an it's internal gonna, thing. You don't have to just walk around with like pure gold-plated confidence every single day. Yeah. And that, again, might be a perfectionist story. Like if I'm to be a successful creator, I need to never doubt myself seems an absurd standard to have for yourself. Like, and I think it's unnecessary. Yeah. And, you know, you can have confidence and you can have humility. Like mm. you can play those two things are for like an are important interplay. Yeah. There's nuance in that conversation. Definitely. Mm. Yeah. I'm worried we missed a good comment from Emma. Let's go back up. A while up, which was, I'm trying to remember what it was. Yeah, it's the way. How do you guys, how do you feel is um, the best way to tackle coming back to a shitty piece of work and trying to, to revise it? It can be so overwhelming to go to the next pa- stage. I completely agree. I'm, I'm editing my novel at the moment and it can be really hard when you come back after a break to a piece of work and you, in your mind, it was really good. And you come back and you're like, oh, this needs a lot of work. And that can seem like a massive mountain to climb. Um, but I mean, I do it in exactly the same way as I do my first draft, which is try and break it off into small manageable chunks and don't try and fix it all at once. Yeah. I mean, and for the first draft, obviously I have a a really strict, no rewriting phase. So like I have done with a chapter, I never reread it until I'm ready to start the second draft because then you can get really stuck in your head with, Oh, that didn't make sense. So I need to go back. This isn't good. And you can really just like fester on all those doubts. So, but then when you do have to reread the second draft, obviously you're going to have to be deeply compassionate with yourself, extremely gentle. And you're going to have to realize that this is part of the process. And again, not just creating shitty art, but witnessing your shitty art is a part of the road to success. Like you need to be able to 
witness your own art that isn't in your eyes good and you need to know how to deal with that and that means you know compassionate voice it means a lack of judgment it means understanding that you're going to have to break it up into small pieces how do you make sure it's not overwhelming like this is all part of being a creator because not only do we need to be able to create this shitty art we need to be able to witness it and know what we're going to do next i know that i'm on a roll when i start enjoying cutting stuff from my own writing like when I, that's when I feel like I know I'm in the best place. Like when you can find the joy in eliminating stuff mm-hmm. that you're like, I spent a week writing that and I just cut it all. And when that feels good, that's when I know I'm in it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know it, if that helps. No, I think it does. Mm. I think um, being able to almost like just remove yourself emotionally from your own work is kind of what you're talking about there. Definitely, like yeah. you're just having that space. You're like, you know, I think a, a perfectionism often happens when we uh, believe that our art is a direct value of who we are. And it is almost us when we see our art as ourselves. And I think we see a lot of artists who just literally look at their own art and see it as them so if it's bad then you're bad and if it's rejected then you are rejected and you know this is actually a really big problem i see all the time and it just means that the the weight and the it's the price is really high because you are um, equating its value with your value and that is so detrimental to it growing for your art growing for you being okay who has that really famous diagram where it's like the your taste versus your skill Mm so sorry it's so famous and I, and I can't even think of the name but that person who and they talk about how like when you come back to your work and it seems overwhelming and shit and when you feel like you're not doing a good job at your art it's just because your taste has developed above your skill level and your skills on the way to match your taste and it's going to happen it just isn't quite there yet and it's mm-hmm. actually a really good sign because it means that like if your taste is here your skill will rise to your taste eventually mm. yeah because you probably like consume so much art and once again this isn't him not me who's come up with this theory, but, you know, you consume so much art probably as, as an artist that you are you know what good art looks like. Yeah. And sometimes when you don't see yourself rising to that standard, for starters, it's like probably because it's a first draft and you only see finished products, but at the same time, it means that you have that taste in your head and you will get there. Yeah. And, and like, I'm just going to be play devil's advocate. You will get somewhere near there. Mm. In- yeah, sorry. I mean, yeah, you will... In my, but the problem, the sneaky thing is that by the time you get there, your, your taste has probably gone up as well. Yeah. So it'll feel like you're stagnating. Yeah, it's complicated. Mm. All right. I really hope that this challenge, if you haven't joined it yet, you're more than welcome to join. Um, it's just um, not only allowing you to become friends with the process of just sharing mediocre, shitty stuff, but also reminding you that you can show up consistently for yourself and for your art each day. That has been, I think, just as much of an important part of this as sharing the shitty art and just sharing consistently and showing up for your art each day. I really hope that it's of service to you. It's such a freaking blessing getting to witness it all. Like it honestly overwhelms me, like just how divine it is to witness all of this art. Um, but yeah, big conversation. Lots, lots to unpack there. And thank you everyone for, everyone for tuning into the live. It was yeah, so nice to see so all nice your faces and all your comments. Thank you so much for chatting with us. We're so grateful. Bye everyone. Bye.